You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast. Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit. Welcome back. I'm Catherine. I'm Winston. And today's episode is about fear. And I, I, I know all about it and it can be rational and irrational. And I think most of it's irrational. You think? Well, like unless you're being chased by a lion... You know, or, or, or like or your friend Katie who got chased by a grizzly bear or yes, charged was, by a grizzly. Yeah, but she had a very calm, yeah. interesting blog, by the way, for folks out there. You should definitely check it out and we'll try and get her on some point. Yeah, but she's on her way to somewhere. She's going to Florida and then, and then she's Turkey. Going to Turkey and then going to Greece. Yes. And then Australia. Yeah. So probably not going to see her for about a year and a half. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, fear. Uh, it uh, certainly prevents people from doing what truly is adventurous, which, you know, what, what we're passionate about. And so we definitely want to talk about the idea of this and what it means and overall how to overcome it. So so where do you want to start? Well, I think the first thing is basically the, just the idea of fear. Okay. Because it, 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 fear is what stops us from doing, whether in our daily life, you know, it's what stops you from like asking mm-hmm. the pretty girl out. It's what stops you from, uh, you know, starting your own business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sometimes it's fear of failure, fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, fear of the the unknown. If you're heights, yeah, Which, like you know, and those are some of those things we'll deal with. Where the 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 fears, and it's never a fear of heights. It's a fear of falling from heights, <laughs> or at least mine is. And as you say. Don't fall. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, t-shirt will be available soon. Um, <laughs> no, one of the one of the big things with fear, at least for me, you know, because you, you hear that that kind of like cheesy idea of, you know, you know, always do something that scares you every day or, you know, whatever. I was thinking of that today, actually. Um, I think you should do it. Do what? Something that scares you every day. I do. Like what? What every, did you do today? Uh, climbing. Okay. Um, there was a couple of ones where I went for it. Okay. Where it scared the shit out of me. Oh, really? Hmm. Right? Because if I botch it, you know, I'm picturing like a blown out knee. Okay. So this you know, is indoor rock climbing. Uh, bouldering where there's yeah. no rope. So if I fall, I might have a, you know, eight or 10 foot fall on okay. a weird angle. Yeah. You know? That's true. Um, so, so on little scales, I have those fears all the time. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting older. I'm not going to recover as quick if I, you know, have to get a new mm-hmm. knee or, yeah. you know, a new hip or, you know, all those old people things. So how many of those times when you're fearful of falling do you actually fall? Uh, percentage? I'd say probably about 50. Oh, really? So you really go for it. Yeah, because one of the ones today, like, I made the hold. Yeah. And then my hand just peeled off of it. Oh, shoot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, and I landed fine. Like, yeah. I, you didn't take me to the hospital after we climbed. So, so, so I, I don't think I'm at that level of going for it where there's that much of a risk of falling. Because for often for me, uh, I've actually really sense, dumbed down that adrenal gland at yeah. the rock climbing gym, which I'm quite proud of. It's practice and training. Yeah, it is. Because uh, certainly when you're fearful of something, you hesitate. You 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 hundred percent, almost hundred percent of the time, you don't make the move. You know, so it just doesn't work out. But uh, for me, when I, even though I'm a little bit afraid of it, I kind of set it aside. I end up surprising myself, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, One of the biggest things I run into is uh, there's 
those little battles, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like, oh man, if I fuck this up, I I, <laughs> I could be in a world of hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but I even run into it. Like sometimes I get under a heavy barbell to squat. Okay. And there's fear. Hmm. Right. You know, mm. and, and I've got to amp myself up because it's like, is, is this going to crush me? Yeah. Right. I don't, I never have a fear of deadlifting. Yeah. Deadlifting the bars on the floor. Yeah. So when I grab the bar, if I can't move it, I can't move it. Yeah. Right. But yeah, a squat, yeah. you pick off the rack. It doesn't yeah. matter what the weight is. You can always pick it up. Yeah. And then you sort of, you know, take your step or two back and position your feet, brace, and then drop into the hole. Yeah. And there's, you know, sometimes, you know, when we're working, you know, heavier weights, Mm -hmm. that fear that I get pinned there. And I know I've got the crossbars, you know, for safety and you're there spotting. But there's that feeling like you're going, you know, into combat. Yeah. Because you've got this heavy thing on your shoulders and then there's no easy way to dump it. Right. Because, you know, when you squat down, you lean forward a little bit. Yeah. But you're, you're tapping into your adrenaline, right? So immediately you are a little bit stronger. And uh, if you can really uh, get into it, then... Well, and, and, but keeping in control, too. That's the key. Okay. Right? Because you get out of position. You've run mm. into this squatting. Yeah. You get out of position, and it's not that you're not strong enough. It's just you're not strong enough from that angle because you're true. not in the right position. Yeah. You know, so it's... It, there's you to maintain a, composure. Yeah. There's this, like, under, under pressure, mm. there's still, like, this dance that's going on. Yeah. Um. And so there, there's those types of things. Um, yeah. Well, I think because I work in the outdoor industry, mm-hmm. so I'm the the most common fear. Everybody's afraid of bears. Oh, of course, that's the number one. Right. So let's quickly go through that one because that's yeah. Like I get people uh, like, what knife should I get in case of bears or bear spray? Well, nobody asks about bear spray. Really? They ask about what knife is going to like. You don't want to get in a knife fight with a bear, okay? <laughs> You're going to lose. Because that means if you have a knife, you have to be close enough to the bear to use it. Yeah. Um, so so let, let's go through the thing. Um, if you're in Eastern North America, mm. unless it's gotten out of the zoo, uh, <laughs> all you're dealing with are black bears. Yeah. Now, a black bear can still kill you. Sure. Um, but they tend to get scared off relatively easily mm-hmm. as long as you manage your food. Yes. Key. Uh, which means, you know, store it properly. Don't leave it unattended in your camp. Uh, and wrappers. Yeah. Th- those are basically uh, m- even more important with the mini bears. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know? really? And by mini bears, I mean, you know, mice and raccoons and squirrels. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know, they're not going to eat you. Yeah. But they're little dicks who want your food. Right. Um, you know, because how many times have you been like sitting around a camp and like the chipmunks, they have no fear. Yeah. Right. Um, but so so black bears manage the food. So it comes down to a few simple things. Um, don't leave your food unattended. Mm-hmm. Uh, a hard-sided bear canister. Um, some people don't like them because they're kind of bulky to carry. They're about two pounds. You know. Yeah. And but they're you, worthwhile. Um, I, I like it because it gives you a stool to sit on mm-hmm. and, you know, a bunch of things. Um, but if you're not doing a bear canister, then a proper bear hang, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, which is 12 feet off the ground, six feet down from the branch, mm-hmm. six feet out from the tree. Okay. Right. Now, sometimes that is hard to pull off. Yeah, absolutely. And especially in some places, your lowest branch is 30 feet up. Yeah. Now, that's not a problem. Like if you can get your line up there. 
if you can if, if you can do it in you know in reasonable time not like the hour and a half it took us that one time we said screw it we're buying bear canisters after this <laughs> well and we needed them anyway uh but it, it and quite honestly since we bought our own bear canisters yeah we just use them every time mm-hmm. uh because it's convenient yeah uh, like i'll take a tiny bit of extra weight like i can still fit it in my backpack i don't have to strap it on yeah um so for me it, it's convenient yeah uh, but you're running into the thing of, uh, basically don't leave your food unattended, mm-hmm. you know, hard sided bear canister or proper bear hang. Mm-hmm. Don't sleep where you eat. Huge. You yeah. know, which basically means, you know, you want to make mm-hmm. sure that you're like 20 meters away, uh, from where you're actually going to sleep, mm-hmm. where you do your cooking and eating. Yeah. Cause um, you always drop stuff. Yeah. Um, because odors, it, it, one of the things that, uh, this might scare people a little bit when I say it, but, uh, you know, n- when you're out camping, mm-hmm. you know, if a bear comes within 20 meters of your camp and goes by, mm-hmm. that probably happens. Mm-hmm. What you don't want to do is have anything that draws them to you. Mm-hmm. Um, things like mice and raccoons, they're just a pain in the ass. They chew through your stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, chew a hole in your tent, chew a hole in the, the um, hip pocket on your backpack where you've got those extra empty wrappers. So they're they're um, more of a nuisance than anything else. Um, yeah, and then when you're actually out hiking, uh, it comes into the thing where... You know, pay attention. Um, oh, yeah. Especially if you see, and this is where it can get scary, uh, but if you can see baby bears, you stop. You just completely stop. Because the last thing you want to do is separate or be come in between a baby bear or bears and their mom. Yeah. So uh, I've actually run into a bear. We uh, were camping with my ex's um, family in, uh, up north in Canada. And... Uh, we didn't realize it, but also uh, a nearby camp owner was bear baiting <laughs> right where they knew people camp. We could smell something. We didn't understand what it was. On our last day uh, out, uh, others were staying behind. We saw an adolescent bear. It was cute. Like, it was nothing to be afraid of when you saw it. If anything, you thought, oh, it's so cute, right? But you're like, okay, there's a bear here. That's a problem. Um, it kept coming back because obviously it was being baited. And then... You know, everybody's food was out in coolers, mm-hmm. right? So it was a problem. Um, <clears throat> anyways, they they dealt with it, unfortunately. But uh, at the end of the day, um, they're not all that scary. They're often just curious. Yeah. But if they're coming by, it's because you're a food. Yeah. And that's your fault. It's on you. Well, and here's the thing you're going to run into is you're much more likely to run into bears if you're in bear country but car camping. Yeah. Because there's yeah. people camping in the same spots over and over and over again. That's right. Um, because where we're going always into the backcountry, um, even down in the Adirondacks where they've got a lot of bears, mm-hmm. um, it's only at the two campsites, Marcy Dam and uh, Lake Colden, mm-hmm. where it's the shortest hike in, mm-hmm. you know, so it gets the most traffic and therefore yeah. the most, you know... Uh, undisciplined people will say mm-hmm. as far as food management mm-hmm. that's the only place where there's any uh yeah. bear traffic and we've done a ton a ton of hiking sleeping in our uh our, our hammocks right 
you know, very thin. Like yeah, there's nothing protecting between you and a bear. We've never had any issues. So we've had times that in those very deep, you know, in, into the back country, um, we actually did have the food near us. Um, that's not a smart thing. I wouldn't recommend it. Which one was that? Uh, it was, we were with Brooks and Kirsten. Uh, we were at um, Adirondacks, uh, not this summer, the past summer. Well, when we, but at night we put the food away. They didn't. They, they didn't? Left, they left it in the lean-to, yeah. Oh, well, that's... It was packaged food, had not been opened, which probably helped a lot. Oh, but, but then, uh, but you and I were like 30 or 40 meters away in the woods. Right. Uh, with our hammocks. Right. They were staying in the lean-to. Right. So if they did something like that and got eaten, that's their own fault. <laughs> yeah. It's not like I haven't yeah. told them a thousand yeah, times. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But I don't recommend it. And, and and so this summer, I went with my kids to the Adirondacks to one of those places, mm-hmm. Marcy Dam, and we stayed in the lean-to. And I was super nervous uh, knowing that it was just me and them. And usually I'm not. But the fact that I'm the adult and I've got two kids and we're completely exposed, not that in a tent you're not exposed, but that you are in a lean-to. And for... For those listening, if you don't know what a lean-to is, it's basically a three-sided um, hut. Log cabin. Yeah. And it sleeps about eight people. So I invited a bunch of people to stay with us because that's actually quite a luxury. Mm. And uh, have more people around, that's always helpful. Because they'll get eaten first. Yeah, exactly. So if you do get a bear coming by, uh, you can make a lot of noise and be more intimidating. Now, on the last night, I heard a bear. And I swear it was a bear. And the way I heard it was behind the lean-to. I could hear it sniff three times. And I'm a light sleeper. Uh, I'm very selective in my hearing. <laughs> um, and I heard it, and then it went away. But I wasn't nervous. Mm. Um, and of course, we kept our bear canister at least 150 feet away. Yeah, yeah. Because if you yeah. if you manage your food, you manage, uh, you know, wrappers. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, if you if you cook bacon. The T-shirt mm. that you were wearing that you spat, splattered off. with bacon grease, don't wear that to bed. Yeah. You know, like these are really common sense kind of things. Especially with my kids, I'm very careful with that. Like you don't splatter them with bacon grease? Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's good no, mom. No, no food fights. Good mom, good mom. <laughs> uh, no, but I'm, I'm uh, uber, uh, especially if we go out and we are car camping and we had some ice cream mm-hmm. and I like all that stuff stays in the car. Yeah, because you would have spilt it all over yourself because that's what you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the other things that's... Some of these things might seem, uh, you know, like by, by paying attention to the details every time. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just minimizing the odds of, you know, an encounter not going well. Yeah. Right? So it's the same thing we run into rock climbing. You know, you tie in hundreds of times. Mm-hmm. But we check it like you, you know, oh, like you check mine yeah. and I check yours and we check the belay device yeah. and we, we check our tethers and we check our, you know, uh, especially like if you've been climbing for a while, it's easy to get lax on that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But by, uh, I guess it comes in like whether it's, you know, backpacking in bear country or, you know, rock climbing or any of these things, there's a certain... um inherent risk right you can twist an ankle you can you know you can take a fall everything works properly but you still bust up your elbow or you know uh whatever so by minimizing the 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 risks that you can actually manage Mm -hmm. uh then you just 
take care of, you know, needless yeah. problems. So let's talk about that for a second, because I think for a lot of newbies getting into this, especially if they want to explore more backcountry. I even- don't think they like to be called newbies. I believe they like to be called muggles. <laughs> um, well, I, I started two years ago, mm-hmm. right? And uh, there are times that I went on my own, right? And so what I immediately did did in that case was I actually bought my uh, Garmin InReach Explorer Plus, which uh, is a satellite radio. It's um, not a radio. Sorry? It only sends text. Okay. So uh, what I really like about it, just to give you a quick lowdown on it, is that it certainly tracks your movements. You can uh, have two-way communication of uh, text. Um, and people can via track satellite. Via satellite. And they can also track where you are on a map mm-hmm. live. It does take, there's a bit of a delay, but it, it has an SOS button on there as well that automatically contacts the emergency uh, officials in that area if you're in trouble. So I think, you know, being prepared, having good equipment, backups, Having a, a buddy system, you know, that you check in with, they know your route, uh, you let them, and I have a very specific uh, system in place that, you know, I let them know I've arrived, here I am, I've, I've tagged it on my Garmin, um, they see that uh, at the end of each night I, t- I check in. Yeah. And if I'm doing a particularly uh, difficult climb that day on a mountain, I let them know I'm going up, leaving now, when I summit, coming, you know. So they know where I am in case something fails. Uh, but those are really important aspects. I know because safety is important and, you know, knock on wood, it hasn't happened to me. I've not, actually never fallen on any of my trips, like even tripped, which is kind of unusual. But um doesn't take much for you to sprain an ankle or... or Boy, do I know that. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um Yeah, like, and what's nice... Because anybody who saw that movie, 127 Hours, read the book, you know, the guy who was down in southern Utah in the canyons and he slipped and got his wrist Mm. jammed between a boulder and the side of the canyon and had no way to communicate and he ended up cutting his hand off. Mm -hmm. You know, James Franco, Finest Hour, all that jazz. a true story, right? Yeah. Mm. Um, If that guy had had like a satellite communicator, he'd still have his hand. Yeah. Yeah. you know, so so whether it's an InReach Explorer Plus, an InReach Mini, which is, mm-hmm. it doesn't have any of the GPS mapping that yeah. yours has, but yeah. it a has, whistle. Uh, yeah. you know, or a spot or the Spot X yeah. or, you know, uh, just a straight up satellite emergency locator beacon, the mm-hmm. one type or one time use only, you pull the tab and, yeah. you know, the, there's a bunch of different technologies now that... It's not to say that nothing can go wrong, but, uh, you know, it dramatically reduces the risk of something um, serious becoming catastrophic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the basically you run into the thing where uh, if you use the SOS on your unit, mm-hmm. it goes to a monitoring center. That's right. That basically sees right on the screen where you are. Mm-hmm. Um they're already set up to contact the first responders in your area. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like when we're down in the Adirondacks, uh, basically the Rangers, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I have weird reading habits. Um, and I <laughs> like I follow uh, a bunch of search and rescue right. and I just read the reports. Yeah, yeah. Um, and anybody who's in the outdoors, you should actually do that yourself because you can learn from other people's mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like 
basically earlier this week uh, in New Hampshire in the White Mountains, mm. um, they had to do a uh, a rescue. And it was kind of weird because the guy, uh, whiteout conditions, um, I think he was on Franconia Ridge. Uh, and there's basically two in the White Mountains. There's two big sections, mm-hmm. like the presidential range that has Mount Washington and mm-hmm. then Franconia Ridge, two big sections where you're above the tree line for a long time. Okay. So if everything's covered in snow, mm-hmm. the white blazes are really hard to find. Yeah. And when everything's just rock and there's no gaps in trees because it's just all rock, mm-hmm. trying to follow a trail, especially in a blizzard, can be a bit of a bugger. Yeah. Um, and his map and compass blew out of his hands because oh the winds. Oh, my God. Uh, and... He didn't have one of these electronic like satellite units that yeah. we use. Yeah. Um, and he tried to call 911. Yeah. But he couldn't get a cell signal. Uh, but what did work was right. he was able to post a message on Facebook. No way. That Mark Zuckerberg, you know, somehow, you know, uh, uh, gets priority <laughs> over, over regular texts and cell service. For whatever reason, you know, it worked. So he posted to the... Uh, New Hampshire 4,000 footer Facebook group. Yeah. You know, help. I, you know, on uh, Franconia Ridge on the bridal path, I think. Wow. Uh, need rescue. Wow. And then the, the. God bless social media. Yeah. So the, <laughs> the. Uh, Don't always want to be completely disconnected, apparently. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, basically the Facebook peeps contacted. Uh, Did they? And I think, you know, when I when I read the finalization of the story, hmm. um, uh, basically by the time the people on Facebook contacted the Rangers, yeah. I think he'd had a text that got through to them. Yeah. Um, gotcha. You know, or but something But you never like know. Yeah. And it's redundancy, right? Yeah. In your preparation, prevention, right? Yeah. Uh, several ways to start a fire, several navigation devices, like one of the things I need to work on is navigation with the compass. Mm -hmm. Um, But having that backup and uh, that uh, for, for when those encounters really do happen and they're legit, um, you can get out safely. But, um, but it it really sucks when, you know, people want to do something, but they're a little bit afraid and it, it just takes out the fun out of it. They're stressed or they won't stay in the woods or go as deep into the woods as they'd like to. You know, and it really is just knowledge and, and um, you know, catching some tips and hearing from others about what they do. But I think even in terms of safety and um, the, the number one is having that buddy system. Uh, I think that's in that, in that case, right? Yeah, so from what, a safety perspective. Basically, what you want to do um, is with at least one person, and, and redundancy would mean two, uh, before you go on your trip, uh, let them know where you're going. Uh, the location you're parking, you know, the trailhead you're going in from, um, your planned route, uh, when you're going in, when you expect to be out, and then, uh, because just about anywhere you can look up who the search and rescue for a given area are, Mm -hmm. and then basically give them all of that contact information. Uh, So then if they don't hear... from you by X amount of time, uh, then, you know, after you're supposed to be out, Mm -hmm. then they can contact the search and rescue, Mm -hmm. you know, park rangers, whatever it happens to be. And 
you know, get a search underway. Yeah. And because, you know, they know where you're parking, they know roughly what your route is. Yeah. When you went in, uh, it dramatically increases the odds. Yeah. And I think too, um, because we've changed your route, almost 100% of each trip. Now that works for us because you've got, we we can communicate on the fly. Exactly. So, and I don't know if you if if that's the only time that you've been lax about that. Oh, I'm terrible. Because I I figured you would be. <laughs> uh, where I'm not, I complete. I take. I have complete redundancy, and I have somebody I completely trust. And, no, I. I, and I we you, have it. We have it dialed in. Yeah. You know, and like I said, I do all those things that you just mentioned. Plus, I have a, a picture of my car, right, and my license plate that she has. But I also, as I've mentioned. When I get to the campsite we find decide upon, I tag it. I let her know we're here. You know, so she has all those coordinates. And at the end of each day, mm-hmm. I tell her when I'm back or if I'm do or what I plan on doing that day. Yeah, well, and that's the nice thing that obviously we've got the the SOS that we can hit as well. Yeah. But let's say they just, you know, we've been sending updates and yeah. then we just drop off the map. Yeah. Well, they know the last place we were. That's true. Right. So yeah. it's it's one of those things that it's. Um, such a leg up. It's worthwhile getting, you know, for for yeah. because when the when the search and rescue, if they know the last place you were, then they can start like you know yeah. a pattern search. Yeah. Where if it's just if they know where the parking lot, and it's four days later, mm-hmm. well, you could be anywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they have a you know, it, it's one of those things. They have that much more ground they've got to cover. Yeah. To to have exactly. a chance of finding you. Yeah. You know, whereas if, basically if they knew where you were, you know, last night, mm-hmm. um, then it's just that much easier to find you because they don't have all this sort of like mm-hmm. initial legwork they've got to do. So um, the idea of women backpacking on their own. Yeah. I mean, you've known, I think your friend um, Kaylee. Kaylee. She did that. And yeah. What did she do? And, and what, what advice do you give to women? So first off, it's not as scary as you think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is coming from a guy, so we'll get your input in a bit. But sure. um, the way that I like to look at it is uh, just kind of a, like a rational view of it. People on the trail are uh, like any other group of people. Right, so you run into the thing where uh, you take any group, there's probably a few dicks, mm-hmm. um, but because there are fewer people out there, there are fewer dicks. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, I would like to say that uh, uh, there is probably a slightly lower proportion of, uh, you know, douchebags. Yeah. Just because backpackers are cool and climbers are cool? They are. And I, I've actually um, read somewhere that in terms of statistics of crime mm-hmm. and criminal activity, it tends to be way less. Because typically, if something was going to happen to you, uh, a criminal was going to do something to, to plan it out. So it tends to be closer to the local roads where they can come in and out. Yeah. You know, where... You know, they're not hanging out in, in the back country for fun. They need to leave and whatever. So, you, you know, it's less likely... It's more likely to happen in a city or yeah. closer to civilization where they can control the area that they're in. Yeah. Um, so. so that there's that. Um, 
Yeah, like uh, back to Kaylee. Uh, she, and this was the, her first backpacking trip, was mm-hmm. to hike the Pacific Crest Trail. Complete first backpack. That's, yeah, that's admirable. Yeah. Okay. So she went with way too much stuff because, you know, <laughs> that's one of the first, the, kind of the, the uh, when you start lifting weights, you get your newbie gains. Yeah. Um, when you start backpacking, uh, you get your newbie <laughs> losses of going, I don't need that. I don't need that. Yeah. I don't need that. And then you make your pack a lot lighter. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so basically she went down to San Diego yeah. and got the shuttle and just started yeah. walking back towards Canada. Yeah. Um, you know, and in the six months or five and a half, I think it took her that she was on the trail. Mm-hmm. Uh, never had kind of one of those, oh, I don't think this is going to go well. Yeah. You know, ran into weird people. Right. Uh, but never the, uh, my, my safety is. In yeah. So I did it, um, a couple of years ago and, but I also went on a, a backpacking trip that was fairly close to civilization and campgrounds. Like, so I was on my own and I was probably on my own, uh, back country maybe five hours in but not that far in okay um nonetheless uh so i went to tracy ridge in allegheny um i can't remember the name of the trail but maybe about 25k i did that day i ran into people and you run you tend to stick together because you take a break they take a break you always bump into each other Mm -hmm. the one nice thing about going on your own is that people want to take care of you you know uh, especially at your campsite. So I'll invite you over to their campsite. So you get to really know the locals, which is quite nice. Um, but overall, I would say, I don't think I have a strong desire to do it anymore because I find it kind of boring. Like I would rather uh, go with some friends and, and do it. But, yeah. um, you know, nonetheless, uh, you know, if you if you do want to get away and just uh, be on your own, it's, it's totally possible with some of the safety tips that we talked about. Um, with animals and with getting lost or whatever, it's completely fine. Yeah, like and, and I, Katie's done stuff on her own. Mm-hmm. You've done stuff on your own. Amabel's gone to South America on her own. Emily, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, Kaylee, dog, and yeah. Uh, so you you know you run into the thing where not to say that you know something couldn't happen. Yeah, but it it's exceedingly rare. Yeah. I mean, that's what fear is all about, though, right? Sometimes it's all what's in your head. Yeah. And it's and it's it's very relevant to recognize that because um, that's where, you know, in some cases it's just lack of knowledge, experience. And it's um, maybe an anxiety or something irrational in your own thinking, you know, that it's worthwhile overcoming. Yeah, well, and one of the, one of the things that you run into is if you look at uh, – and this is why it's important like or useful for people to read like the search and rescue reports. Other people are not the danger out there. You know, it's mm-hmm. hypothermia, right? It's freezing to death because you didn't plan, you didn't dress properly, you didn't, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, it's uh, injury. Uh, it's getting lost. Mm-hmm. You know, like these are, you know, it's it's twisting an ankle and nobody knows to come looking for you. Yeah. Um, you know, so when you look at all of the data, you know, like from, from all of the search and rescue, mm-hmm. uh, because think of insurance, right? Um, 
the way that they plan it out, it's all based on, uh, you know, probabilities. Mm-hmm. Well, the probability of like some psycho in a Jason mask <laughs> over two mountain passes is mm-hmm. really low. Yeah. Right? Because serial killers don't have good cardio. Um, <laughs> but the uh, it's the same idea of like being freaked out every day because you're worried that a meteor is going to hit the earth. Yeah. Well, we obviously know because it's happened in the past. It could happen. Yeah. But the odds of it aren't very high. So right. it, it's, it doesn't make sense to put a lot of, um, you know, fear or, or yeah. you know, emotional energy into that because yeah. the probability is super low. Yeah. And I don't think people are that scared. They just don't, they're not comfortable to try some You're not new supposed to be comfortable. That if, they, if there's any one message, like plan your stuff out. Yeah. Uh, but n- none of this is supposed to be comfortable. Yeah. Right? Like it, the whole point of doing it is getting out of, uh, you know, your comfort zone. Like modern life, and this is just a little bit of a rant, but modern life is too comfortable. Oh, it sure is. Right? Like you and I are trying to lose weight because there's too much food. Yeah. You know? Like have you ever in your life like wondered where the next meal's coming from? No. No. Now, I did when I was a kid, mm-hmm. uh, but which uh, probably explains my unhealthy connection with food now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, in the, in the last 20, 30 years, no. Mm-hmm. Yet, you know, it's one of those things where there's food uh, and I'm too fat. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, same idea, uh, you know, we are, you know, food's not an issue. Shelter's, for the most part, not an issue. Uh, Showering every day. We -hmm. have, you know, heat for when it's cold out. We have air conditioning when it's hot out. Mm -hmm. Like, if you wanted with with sort of modern conveniences, you could go through life at just a flat five, Mm -hmm. right? That's true. You know, never high, never low. Yeah, never like, hot, never our cold. Our bodies weren't meant for that. I mean, that's, I mean, in terms of like, we're meant to get up and move and do things and we're capable of doing tough things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and it's fulfilling to do tough things. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, so, so rant over about the comfort, but um, the, with a bit of preparation, right? So get some books, like the Complete Walker mm-hmm. series mm-hmm. Uh, um, is a really good book on, and it's, the guy who wrote it, he calls it walking, but it's backpacking. Okay. You know, a lot of his things are up in the mountains. And he's got some goofy ideas, but that's actually where I learned a lot of uh, my stuff. I think his name's Colin Fletcher, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, Andrew Skirka's website, uh, he's got a lot of great information. Um, aimed sort of more at the long distance ultralight side of things. Okay. This is a guy that's done all of the big hikes and then he went and created his own in Alaska in the Yukon for six months Mm. uh, where he had to ski and then pack raft and backpack and and there was no trails. Mm -hmm. It was navigating, you know, uh, you know, it's one of these... It's a cool video. Like he got chased by grizzlies and, <laughs> yeah, you know, all sorts of kind of crazy adventures. But mm-hmm. um, his website's got a lot of good information. Uh, and 
then you know there's things i would say like even youtube videos if you're more of a visual person and want the full explanation on how to do certain things you know or people's uh experiences on a particular hike backpack trip um i know we certainly did that for when we went to utah on our canyon backpacking trip to figure things out and a bit of my fear was the the desert the heat how to handle that right and so you wore a really ugly shirt i did yes it was quite fashionable yeah if you were uh circa 1975 (laughs) yeah at the bingo parlor yeah that's true (laughs) yeah like it it was a shirt that would have looked appropriate with like a cigarette hanging out of the side of her mouth like half (laughs) half ashed off (laughs) you know and missing a tooth there you go um yeah and yeah and basically with youtube uh backcountry exposure uh syntax 77 uh these are just youtube channels mm-hmm. um you know he's really got good backpacking stuff uh outdoor gear review mm-hmm. uh the guy's like a smiley little leprechaun you know uh <laughs> His name's Luke, and he's just happy. Yeah. Uh, you know, which I don't have a problem with. Um, and he, he does some, like he does gear reviews and yeah. um, trips and, uh, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And he lives down like in the southern states in the Appalachian Mountains. Gotcha. Uh, and so he's got some good stuff. And so certainly some great resources. I know for me, uh, I took part in your wilderness survival seminars and workshops. Yeah. And so sometimes you can check out locally if your adventure store has that. Um, and then there's there, there's meetups. You meet other fellow hikers and, you know, it's always great to go out with others that try yeah, new and things. And there's guides that you can hook up with. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like there, there's one of the things you run into is the more you know, the less you need. Yeah. And the, the more you know, the less scared you are. Yeah. Um, because most of the things... Uh, in all the classes I've taught and all the customers I deal with. um, Bears are always number one. Uh, Like the things people are the most afraid of are not the things they actually should be most concerned with. So bears. uh, Then there's just a fear like being out at night in the woods. Um, Yeah. You know, like, and and I think a lot of it comes in of um, horror movies. Yeah. uh, the movie Deliverance, you know, yeah, you go hiking through the mountains in the south, and so I think the audience should know. And I we may have mentioned our last uh, episode, but I have a, a a fear heights, you know, and so even on some of our hikes, Saddleback and the Adirondacks, mm-hmm. there's an interesting section that is not longer hiking. <coughs> it's it was hiking. <laughs> It was rock climbing. Oh, now, now, now it's Catherine's new free solo movie. Yeah, exactly. Alex, <laughs> exactly. Alex it was my free solo moment. You know, she she went up like a... <laughs> I had to be dragged up. Yeah, so so uh, so anybody who's hiked, you know, the, the uh, Grand Traverse, you know, the ridge line, and they, they know what that's like uh, down in the Adirondacks. Okay. Um, so... I've gone up Saddleback. I've gone down Saddleback. I've gone yeah. down Saddleback with a full backpack on. Crazy. Um, Sketchy. You know, I've gone up it in the wintertime. Uh, 
if, if there's enough snow in the winter, what you do is actually go up because the snow builds up mm-hmm. and then you actually go through the trees at the side mm-hmm. uh, and it's actually pretty easy. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a no, bit of, it's yeah. a bit of a scramble. I'm yeah. just, I'm just diminishing her, you know, yeah. her fears. Yeah. But I mean, I've had a few moments of, uh, and, and I quite honestly, even when it comes to rock climbing, I know a ton of people who refuse to do outdoor rock climbing because they like their feet planted on the ground. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, that's so, good because then the, there's the cliffs are open. We don't want all the people from the gym going outdoors. <laughs> but I think it's um, it's interesting, and what I've learned the most out of it because I think it is rewarding to grow in that in that respect. Um, it certainly is trusting your gear, but the 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 comfort that you gain from just doing it over and over again. Is uh, it's really interesting. I mean, I've seen videos and pictures not too long ago, like probably eight months ago, of girls rock climbing coming up the uh, side of a mountain, like really high up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my god, I'd never do that. I never knew we'd get into rock climbing. Never crossed my mind. I thought it was cool, mm-hmm. but I'm like, that would, I just, I just couldn't do it, you know. And here we are. I'm rock climbing. Yeah. Um, and what I think is really cool is I've got my kids doing it. Yeah. And on Amanda's, my daughter's seven years old on her seventh birthday that weekend, we went out and she did her first summit. And I think it was maybe 35, 40 feet high. Yep. On yeah. real rock. Yeah. If and you can, so. We can call our Chaucy limestone real rock, but you know. Yeah. But that's a great lesson to teach anybody, young or old, um, to try and get over that and manage it. Now, I will say there are some, I think, sketchy hikes in the u.s in particular which is quite interesting they let people even hike these trails like zion's uh angels landing land of the free home of the brave <laughs> emphasis on the brave it's a crazy hike maybe three feet wide maybe with a thousand foot drop on they got a chain edge. yeah anyways that's hard and so i i think a lot of people can relate to that and that may not be everybody's adventure but i i want to give some people some hope that, you know, uh, again, with uh, training at an indoor gym and maybe taking some classes outdoors and giving it a go and starting small, um, it's possible. And we're going to be going to Vegas um, in the spring. Hitting Red Rocks. Yeah. And and I had to say to Winston, hey, Winston, um, (laughs) because I was waking up from nightmares in the middle of the night. I'm not sure if I can do that thousand foot climb. I've never done multi-pitch. And no, you'll do the 1,500-foot solar slap. <laughs> and, uh, it's a 5.6. It's no problem. Yeah, because the most I've done is what? Maybe 70 feet? Yeah. Um, so, you know, everybody can imagine that's a big difference. So I think we're just going to go out and have fun. And, uh, or and that's, are we? That's the key. I've uh, had some of ep- those. Epinephrine, uh, here we come. <laughs> Look it up. Yeah. So Fear. Yeah, like, well, here's what I'll say. Like, if anybody does have the interest in climbing, easy enough to start in a climbing gym. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to go outside, uh, you know, take some classes with a certified guide. Start with top roping. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be, you know, what you're mostly used to if you've gone to a climbing gym that's got roped climbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll teach you how to properly set up anchors, what gear you need. Um, and then, you know, climb for a while, right? You don't have to be doing big stuff to begin with. 
then as you're getting comfortable with the top roping, uh, then maybe that next winter start lead climbing in the gym Mm -hmm. where you start from the ground and you have to clip your anchors, you know, the quick draws as you go up. Um, then, you know, next spring, uh, with the guide service, go out and learn how to lead sport climbs, mm-hmm. learn how to lead them, how to properly, you know, mm-hmm. belay, mm-hmm. Uh, how to clean an anchor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, maybe the year after, mm-hmm. you know, if you have an interest in it, learning trad climbing. And that's where you're placing your own anchors, cams and nuts in the rock. Okay. Um, because then what, uh, and that's sort of what my personal love is Mm -hmm. because it it opens up where you can go Mm -hmm. you know um if you are top roping it's got to be a cliff short enough that you can you know there has to be one that you can walk to the top to set up your Mm -hmm. anchors Mm -hmm. if it's sport climbing you can have multi-pitch sport climbing Mm -hmm. but somebody has had to been there and put the bolts in yeah um that's true yeah whereas trad climbing tends to be uh aimed at you know, cracks because you got to have some sort of crack to put your protection in. But, uh, you know, you just have basically a kind of choose your own adventure. Yeah. And you work up to it. Yeah. Build your confidence. But yeah. And, and take, yeah. take and just, you know, and, and if you do start trad climbing, you know, once you've taken some courses, um, start with climbs that are like, uh, stupid easy for you mm-hmm. you know if you've worked up to the point where in the gym you can you know climb to 510 or 511 mm-hmm. well your first trad climbs are going to be 51 or 52 right like so you, you you want the climb to be so easy that all you have to do is pay attention to placing the anchors not how hard the climbing is mm-hmm. you know um mm-hmm. and then you'll just progress yeah you know like don't rush it you know yeah because when i'm going up uh, behind you to clean out your anchors mm-hmm. um it's a completely different climb and uh yeah it's interesting it's fun yeah, yeah. well because when ryan and i went down to the adirondacks uh one of the things we ran into is we did uh one of the routes on uh at the chapel pond slab so it's mm-hmm. an 850 foot high um, slab climb mm-hmm. and you run into the thing where it's basically uh you know part way up one way and then you can veer off onto another route or you can go up this way mm-hmm. uh and it it's just fun it wasn't particularly hard mm-hmm. but uh you felt like you were on an adventure yeah um you know and it's funny because the climb was actually very safe mm-hmm. whereas the descent where you're walking down yeah um because it had iced, like there was a whole bunch of ice and everything, mm. uh, was actually more dangerous. Really? Right. Because you're much more likely to slip, you know, gotcha. scrambling down boulders. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so. Interesting. And we were fine still. Yeah. Uh, but you really had to pay attention to sending. Yeah. Whereas the climb was just, oh man, this is fun. Yeah. Yeah. So. Cool. So, um, so there you have it. I. Th- so. Everything we've talked about so far has been about more knowledge. So, you know, you understand what you should be afraid of. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the things that I find uh, really important is actually developing some strategies to deal with fear in the moment. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I tend to run into this climbing. Yeah. um, But it can also be, uh, you know, when 
Katie and I were hiking the Appalachian Trail a few years ago, um, going over a couple mountain summits in a blizzard. Uh, it wasn't a, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God fear. Right. But it was a heightened sense of... Like that's the environment where shit can go wrong in a hurry. 100 mile an hour winds and whiteout conditions. Wow, yeah. Um, And we were fine, but you know, it it gets you into a heightened state. Yeah. Um, And so one of the things that that I have found, first Mm -hmm. off, is anytime you sort of feel that, that, because we've all been there, yeah. Where that fear closes in on you. Yeah. Right? And you start to feel, you know, your breathing's increasing. Oh, God, yeah. Um, is stop and breathe. Yeah, just try and relax. Right? Just deep breaths. Yeah. Because it, 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 which sort of sounds like, oh, wait, I'm scared. How do I breathe? Like, just practice it. But it's true. Because yeah. it, it, like, it's actually a technique that down-regulates, um, you know, your brain. Mm-hmm. So that you are, uh, you know, like all of those fear responses literally dampened down. Um, and then there's a, a thing, and it takes practice. But uh, I've I've run into this climbing where it's like I feel like panicky fear welling up, mm-hmm. you know, because it's it's mm-hmm. hard and dicey. Yeah. But then I also get I'm to the point, of, you know, because I've been doing this a long time. Um, almost a, yeah, but you don't have the option of falling, right? Because it's kind of, the, <laughs> you know, like basically a, you stay on top of it because yeah. like if you freak out, freak out, freak out and you're going to over tense and you're going to get fatigued in a hurry, you're going to, yeah, <laughs> you know. Start to hyperventilate. I've been there. Right. And you, you basically yeah. run into the thing where now you've put yourself in a situation where you're getting fatigued in a hurry. Yeah. And so you're actually going to lead to whatever it is you're afraid of. So here's something interesting, and he just made me realize that when we were in Utah, uh, so we were doing our uh, canyon backpacking trip, and we had to both uh, go across and then come back um, up this 30-high-foot cliff that was just over, it was like a waterfalls. Yeah, it was a ledge. It was a ledge. That was sloping and sloping at broken. Quite, and quite a bit of an angle. It had sand, sand on, on it. it so that in some areas you felt like you could slip. And of course, if it was two inches off the ground, you'd be fine. But knowing that you're about 30 feet up with rocks down below and some sand. But, you know, there was a risk there. And interestingly enough, when we first came across it, you looked at me and or I looked at you and I said, I'm not doing that. Or, But I agreed to walk up to it and check it out. That was my negotiation, you know, stance. And so when I had a closer look at it, like for sure, I said like, yeah, let's go have a look at it. And then I saw, okay, I can do this. But it was at the beginning of the day. And so I think where there was a notable difference in my reactions to it going across, at the beginning of the day, I was fresh. I had my water and I soon discovered that water is my safety blanket because in any uncomfortable situations, I suck it back. Um, But I did it. Um, and when we had to come back and backtrack on our route two days later, it was at the end of the day. It was at the end of the day. Uh, I was so tired. I wish we had already stopped quite a ways back. I had very little. I think I was out of water. And and I was, I was exhausted. Mm. So my state of mind wasn't great. Mm-hmm. And I had a much harder time getting across that I was hyperventilating. I'm 
you know, yeah. when I crossed it, I was still like breathing super heavy for a good few minutes. And I was scared. And I remember you looking back, telling me not to put so much weight on my poles because they were at such an angle that they could easily slip. Um, I was so scared. And, you know, I was thinking about my kids. Um, it was it was difficult. So I think what, you know, in terms of dealing with it, um, if you're in a situation like that, that you're so scared, you don't want to be that uncomfortable, I'd probably say stop, take a break, have a snack, refresh, recharge. Well, sometimes it, well, I'm you talking, can't. I'm talking about when you have an option. Yeah. Okay. And you're right. You're quite right. I mean, Saddleback was the same thing. You'd rather go back and it's going to be a long hike back because you're already three quarters of the way through this route. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you can't. But sometimes just taking a break to recharge and instead of just plowing right through it is, is not a bad thing. Yeah. You know, well, and what that is is a perfect illustration. Like the old football coach, Vince Lombardi, said, fatigue makes cowards of us all. Yeah. Which is that idea. Like when you're mm-hmm. tired, mm-hmm. you know, it's much harder to be brave and keep your shit together mm-hmm. than it is when you're fresh. Mm-hmm. And that was like that perfect illustration for you. Yeah. But it's also important to realize when you're picking a trail, uh, going up, and you learn this very quickly as you're doing it, is uh, a lot easier than going down. And yeah. I know this in this case, we, were going we weren't going down, we were going across, but maybe it was a different angle I wasn't used to. You know, it could have been a different, a few things, but it's important to realize that when you are doing trails, if you ever have to come back, that things can be sketchy, right? Yeah, so well, knowing what you're getting into. But I think overall taking that time to just collect yourself and mentally get in the game and focus, you know, and, and, and many cases when I'm rock climbing, what I notice I do now is I don't look behind me. Yeah. I just don't, you know, I, I zone out. Like I'm in my zone. I'm going up. I'm focused on the wall. I'm not focused on how sharp that rock looks behind me on the ground <laughs> or how far, look how far out I am. And it is, if I fall, will this catch me? Well, one of the, one of the things that, for me in that particular crossing mm-hmm. was that's what everybody does. Mm-hmm. And I know it, it's one of those like weird little ticks I can do yeah. to trick myself. Yeah. It's like, well, there's kids that go across that. No big deal. Yeah. Right. So then I don't get the heightened sense. So I stay in control. Yeah. Right. And you know, cause it's the thing when I was going along and it's like, I could see the drop and it's like sloped, you know, towards the edge and it's sandy yeah. But it's like, you know, like nothing is ever made better by losing your shit. I guess maybe maybe one of those like Real Housewives shows. Um, they get better ratings when they... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But nobody yeah. performs better Yeah, panicking. Yeah. That was so, hard. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, Saddleback was the same for me. Like, you know, having to wrap around a corner and then somehow get my legs up. You know, and and it was hard, mm-hmm. and I knew I was I, I knew I wasn't doing things the right way. Like I was climbing with my knees, which is a no no. It's easy way to slip off, and well, and partly you can slip, but also you kind of get stuck. That's true, you right? Because very much leverage. if you if you got your knee down, you can't yeah. stand up. If you got your foot on the ledge, you can stand up. You can yeah. stand up, and then it's easier to move and grip yeah. something else. Yeah. So that's practice. Yeah. I mean, but the best advice is calming down, t- breathing, 
try and relax and get into a zone that you're not looking at the what ifs. Yeah, and, and not thinking about that. Acclimatize yourself to challenging things that that scare you um, a little bit at a time, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, basically, I, I I run into the thing where uh, I still get scared, mm-hmm. but having um, strategies in place mm-hmm. that most of the time I don't even have to think about, right? Uh, yeah, that like, you know, and even I've run into this climbing, you know, when I'm lead climbing yeah, is there's the thing in my head where it's like, well, I can't fall and hurt myself. I'm responsible for all of you. Mm-hmm. And that gets me, oh, well, then I can't fall, you know? Oh, totally. I mean, that's, I think of my children when I get into those situations where it's like, there's no messing around here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and most of the time, yeah. because, you know, you put good anchors in, you could fall. Yeah. It's, but if it means falling and hitting a ledge and busting your ankle mm-hmm. um, i like doing this stuff too much i don't want to be out on the injured list yeah you know so it's not like a life-threatening thing most of the time yeah. um uh it's basically just that whole deal yeah. of uh you know keeping keeping it all together yeah right maintaining your breathing because yeah. if you can keep oxygenating your body yeah and oh, it's huge. not giving into panic so that you do stupid things. Yeah. Um, you know, relax. Yeah. You know, um, a lot of times if you're going up something steep, mm-hmm. like maybe a hike or whatever, mm-hmm. and it feels a little scary, mm-hmm. people have a tendency to want to get closer to the rock. Right. So they lean forward with their hips and yeah. that makes their feet slide out. Yeah. You know, so being able to uh, maintain good technique so that you um, reduce your chance of injury. Mm-hmm. It's like, because when you were crossing the thing and I yelled at you to not lean on your poles. Right. Because, you know, your your hiking poles have little metal tips. Well, they're not going to grip in rock. Yeah. And if you're leaning on them and they slip, you're going down. Yeah. Whereas the rubber on the bottom of your shoes, you know, on your boots. is what's keeping you. Yeah. And, you know, if you compare to the tip of the walking pole there's so much more surface area mm-hmm. right and rubber's grippier on rock course, yeah. so by you know using the pole to sort of tap your way to judge your distances and all mm-hmm. that kind of thing but mm-hmm. not leaning on them yeah. um you instantly uh you know and you were death gripping them so you know yeah. getting you to relax that was um, hard yeah that was really hard I would say, and obviously, um, towards the end of the trip, we were on very similar steep terrain, but of course, there was no risk of anything, but I could do it. You know what I mean? I was climbing up the sides of canyons, and uh, this is when we were heading towards the car. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, it was very Well, there was still stuff we could have hurt ourselves on. Yeah, but the risk was much different, and it was less. It was less scary. Mm -hmm. And so- Well, except for that one where I almost like- uh, like fell into that giant gaping hole in the ground that the sand had all fallen in, mm. you know, before you said, Hey, let's go find high ground so we can see our way out of this. Yeah. Um, you like almost that, fell into that. Yeah. Cause it started to, cause the sand started to, uh, I, I don't think I saw that. Yeah. I think it was a little bit ahead of you. Yeah. Because I would just remember you saying, Oh, we're not going there. <laughs> yeah. Because like I went towards the edge and oh, the edge okay. started falling out from under me. Oh my God. Because it was all sand. Do you think that could have been like a quicksand situation? No. Uh, but you would have fallen into a pit. 
Yeah, because it was like this this chasm that was filled with sand. Oh, so, man. like more of the buried alive. Because oh. if it started, you know, if it started a a sandstorm on top of me, yeah. right? Like if I'd started a like a midi yeah. sand avalanche oh, when I fell in God. it. God, you know. So that that one. Uh, that was sketchy. That's why we didn't go that way. <laughs> we went around and then you know made our way over. Definitely worthwhile researching where you're headed in advance. I mean, there's only so much you can do, right? But um, it just pays to be cautious, yeah. Yeah. Try new challenges. You know. So now it's one of those things, like, uh, you've done a ton of things that you'd never done before. Yeah. Um, Do you find that the level you have to go to to feel that same fear has been like bumping up. Sure it has. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thought of those situations that we talked about still I get that panic in, inside of but me that, that, because yeah, I'm remembering it, yeah. right? Now, if I was to go back and ex- re-experience it, would I feel the same panic? I don't know. Um if you did, I'd be a little disappointed. It means you didn't learn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would definitely be in a zone. It'd be like that same zone when I'm at the weight, the gym weightlifting. Yeah. You know, thinking about, okay, I'm in a situation where I got to let this car off my kid. You know, like I'd get into that zone and just focus and just do it. But also do it without too much focus. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I find at the rock climbing gym, that works. Yeah, if you're just present. Like yeah. just what is in front of you. Because your body, because when you're that afraid and that buried with fear and anxiety, your body just stiffens up. Yeah. You know, you want to flow. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. The one big thing I run into now is that I find it's not nearly as, I still get those moments of fear. Yeah. Um, but they're easier to manage. Uh, you know, like it, it's almost like there, there's, good. you know, my kung fu is better. Yeah, it's yeah. your your reaction. But I, I mean, overall, I would say I recommend it. I recommend, especially where you have an irrational fear, which many people have them. And one of my irrational fear, fears was not going off, like say a sixteen foot high uh, diving board, you know, jumping off one at a at a pool. Mm-hmm. Like I'd make everybody get down off the ladder. <laughs> um, so things like that, walking on the CN towers in Toronto the glass floor of that tower and looking down, things like that. Um, see, when I see things like that, I just have this weird thing in my head. Well, listen, these guys have, like, <laughs> man, their insurance would be so screwed if this wasn't solid. <laughs> I know, but it's, I have this strong anxiety that has just built up over the years and and just, yeah, that, yeah, that situation. So I highly recommend people face those fears for sure. And when it comes to the heights, rock climbing, indoor rock climbing is the great is a great way to to safely challenge yourself. Yeah, well, and it, one of the things is that for anybody who has a fear, like it, from a clinical standpoint, the way that uh, the professionals recommend, you know, like would help you deal with it is having you voluntarily expose yourself to it, mm-hmm. right? And that the voluntary is the part. That's Mm -hmm. important. Like Mm -hmm. if somebody just keeps throwing spiders in your face Mm -hmm. against your will, then your fear is probably going to get worse. Yeah. But if Mm -hmm. you, it's kind of like almost like inoculation. If you are voluntarily 
um, exposing yourself. Maybe it's a picture, right? Maybe it's a whatever, you mm-hmm. know. I'm not a professional, so, you know, but this is just a way in some therapy evidence. This is sort of, you know, one of the things that they've done and if our other therapists talk about it. Uh, it's sort of that taking the burden on voluntarily. Yeah. Uh, you know, or, or, or confronting it voluntarily, mm-hmm. you build up, it's not that you never feel it, but you build up kind of like a, a, a callus, mm-hmm. you know, it, now it's a thing where it's like, as opposed to, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, if you can just get that, that, um, I think it's the sympathetic nervous system, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you can keep your lizard brain from going crazy, that's true, you know, yeah, which, you know, again, as you'll hear from us talking on the podcast quite often, you know, it's not just the outdoors, it's fear and whatever else you have in your life. Yeah, right. because the outdoors is just a metaphor for life. It is, and and I've learned quite greatly from it, especially with my fear of heights and rock climbing and um, and applying it to what I do in my at my work, you know, trying some new tactics, trying some new things that you're unsure if you're going to be successful, mm-hmm. right? That, that can cause a lot of fear, right? Well... One of the things along those lines that I found is like when you're doing stuff that is legitimately dangerous, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you've developed the ability to uh, manage that fear. That's true. Then yeah, when you're doing things it. where it it might be socially dangerous mm-hmm. or, you know, emotionally dangerous, mm-hmm. um well, doing those is comparatively seems easier. Yeah. Because um, think about, like, what's the biggest fear most people have? Fear of the unknown. No, it's public speaking. Mm. Like, that's number one. <laughs> uh, right? Well, yeah. guess what? I don't have an issue with. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've hung on my fingertips, you know, yeah. I've, I've yeah. fallen on cliffs and had, like, the shitty nuts I put in all rip out. Yeah. You know, and, you know. Number three, um, Black Diamond Camelot. Uh, I'm a big fan of those because that's what caught me. Um, <laughs> you know, th- there's a whole kind of just reset that happens um, that, uh, you know, for me, like the public speaking thing, because when I was younger, mm-hmm. like in school and that kind of thing, you know, yeah. I did a bu- book report. It's like, oh, well, somebody's got to pee their pants. Um, <laughs> but... You had both the outdoors with the climbing and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And then the other part was uh, a friend of mine in high school disc jockeyed. Right. And uh, I thought that sounded cool. So it's like, oh, if you need somebody to carry speakers. Right. Uh, shout out Ferris. Um, and he was bored. So he just took me along with him. Yeah. You know, I wasn't getting paid, but it's like strong back. Yeah. And... It was cool, so then I just kept going out with them until yeah. eventually I got a job. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of like the techie guy, learning, yeah. you know, mixing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But then, uh, like, he was sort of like a, you know, like a natural showman. Right. And then there'd be, like, I would just announce one song. Okay. But I wasn't even looking at the crowd. You know, uh-huh. I just announced something, a dedication, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, and then I became... You know, kind of that inoculation. I did a little bit more. I yeah. did a little bit yeah. more. Yeah. Uh, I'm also then doing stuff that's actually legitimately kind of scary and dangerous. All right. And then I do a little bit more. And then before I knew it, like I was the guy yeah. dancing yeah. in a spotlight yelling at the audience. <laughs> 
right? So with things that can be, you know, your yeah, big fears, it's true. Um, they can actually turn into one of your strengths. But hopefully, you know, people listening uh, can get something out of this. Like, it, mm-hmm. uh, because one of the things that, you know, I run into in all my like outdoor seminars is just those little tidbits. Um, cause you know, uh, cause you've been to, you know, the lady who's going and hiking the Appalachian trail. Um, well, she's basically going to start hiking the trail, uh, in a couple weeks. And right now it's just before wow. Christmas. She's starting in the winter. Okay. Um, so she's fearless. No, she's scared. Yeah. I've, I've tried to make sure she was afraid. And not in a bad way, but that she's aware of the risks. Yeah. Um, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, because when it started, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, I've gone wa- walking outside in the cold. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you're going to live in the cold, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where uh, when she started coming to my seminars, mm-hmm. you know, over the last two years, mm-hmm. she really knew next to nothing. Gotcha. You know, now, like, she's got checklists and she's done her own, like, done backpacking trips and she, you know, has tested her gear out sleeping in different conditions. And, Good. you know, yep. so that at least when she goes and does this, mm-hmm. um, it's not completely foreign. It's not, you know, because mm-hmm. um, it's one thing, like, Kaylee, you know, her first backpacking trip was hiking the PCT. Yeah. Well, when you go to, uh, you know, just outside of San Diego mm-hmm. in March, mm-hmm. you're probably going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, if, you, if you've sort of screwed it up a little bit, you know, when you yeah. had to, you know, play a little bit to get your uh, uh, legs under you. Yeah. Well, when you're going to the mountains of Georgia okay. uh, in early January, mm. it's going to be wet. It's going to be cold. Yeah. It's going to be slippery. Yeah. Um, you might get snow. You might not. Yeah. You know, you might get blizzards. Basically, she's just got the next year laid out and it sort of worked out time-wise for her. Mm. Um, so, mm-hmm. but yeah. long story about, you know, when she started, there was a lot of fear. Yeah. Because it's fear of having no clue. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there was some things that she didn't know she should be concerned with. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, there were things that, uh, ideas that she had that weren't going to work with her preconceived ideas. Right. Um, but she did her research. Yeah. She's practicing and trying and you know, who knows how she's going to do. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's that kind of thing where, where I've seen a transformation. Yeah. Well, that's certainly a way to tackle it. Right. Yeah. 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 Cool. So hopefully people do get, you know, in person, people get something out of what I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, hopefully you guys listening, uh, you know, have gotten something from what we've talked about. Yeah. Um, Love to hear your stories. Yeah. So uh, go on our Facebook page, Live Wild Radio, uh, and, you know, leave some comments mm-hmm. on this episode. And uh, yeah. So until next time, I'm Winston. I'm Catherine. We'll see you guys outside. <laughs>